live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for Tuesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe with me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon. A.J. Hoffman, Chocolate Braveheart, Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort. If you want to get in today, 713-780-ESPN. Your number 713-780-3776. Or you can get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. Send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter is at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R. At A.J. is the real. At Aaron is Blitz. At DeGeneres975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Well, you can watch Aaron and myself, the handsome ones of the show. And uh, it is a Tuesday. Usually you guys are in a bad mood. Don't be. It's, it's, it's a great week. Life is good. What's happening, Hoffman? Sports and stuff, man. What's happening with you? Uh, sports and stuff. Lots are of you, stuff. Is it very cold there? Is That's what I'm gathering. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool right now, yeah. Yeah. So I'm... Okay, I'm, you, you're very bundled. I am bundled. I've, uh, you know, got, got the, the beanie. And the, the, but the, the hoodie's pretty light. I mean, it's a very light hoodie. So, but I, I mean, it's, it's always cold in here or it's hot. It's never in between right now. We're in the cold right. section. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, interesting game last night in that it wasn't interesting at all. Uh, that was yeah. pretty much a complete dismantling uh, the Alabama offense was just unstoppable and, uh, pretty much went the way we thought it would for the most part, except for Ohio state, not getting over 33 points. They, they did get over the first half. So I wound up splitting my two bets. Yeah, I hit I hit my two big bets, and uh, none of my little prop bets went through. None of the tight ends didn't get very involved, namely because Jalen Waddle was more involved than I kind of expected him to be, uh, and it, and also they decided just not to cover the Heisman Trophy winner for some reason. Yeah, uh, that was so, bizarre. I mean, oh, we're going to put one guy on him and let him just uh, run around wherever he wants. Yeah, I really assumed, and the reason why I thought the tight ends would have success is because. I thought Ohio State would do everything they could to take away, you know, the, the guy who just got announced as the best player in the country. Seems like a a sound strategy, but Ohio State was like, nope, one-on-one, all game, baby. Here it goes. And unsurprisingly, uh, Ohio State was not successful in that strategy. But I hit the over 75, even though it was very odd. Like That was a – I mean, it was a 21-point first quarter – and they scored on three of the four first drives. And people were, were tweeting me like, oh, over's not looking good here. I'm like, well, um, what, what did you expect to happen? That's uh, Three out of four drives ending in touchdowns to start the game feels pretty good to me. Yeah. And the truth is, I was, like, I was a little disappointed, and the Bama team total soared over. Yeah. Uh, but the so the tight end touchdown props didn't hit. No big deal. I mean those those are that's small potatoes. Uh, but I, I did have a, a little on that prop of the uh, the alternate over, which was eighty three and a half, and I mean it missed by more than a touchdown. But truthfully, it didn't happen because Ohio State wasn't competitive. So Alabama was basically able to pull off the gas in the fourth quarter and. Uh, that's to, I, I, I'm with you. I, I thought Ohio State would do more of of their part, and they just didn't really uh, they didn't really show up. I had it at 81 and a half, and Oof. Ohio State not scoring that touchdown with four tries from the five yard line was what cost me money. 
Sorry, man. Yeah. My condolences for your when loss. When you when you said over the alternate, I was like, oh, I wonder what my bookie had. Oh, 81 and a half. That'll, you know what? That'll pay out pretty nicely. Let me see. And then sat there and watched. And touchdown. No, that's not a touchdown. Touchdown. No, that's not a touchdown. Oh, he's just going to throw it right through his hands because he wants to rocket it in there instead of, you know, giving a guy an easy thing to catch. But Yeah. I don't know. He throws it like 100 miles an hour. Can I uh, read you a headline from yesterday that did not age well? Sure. Uh, apparently, Michael Holly and Mike Smith have some uh, podcasts they do now on uh, NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. Here's the headline. Smith, Fields will be, quote, best player on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, I think the best player on the field was the guy who won the Heisman Trophy. Not guys. <laughs> that they couldn't guard. That, well, they didn't even try. I mean, I, I don't know who was who designed that defense, but that, that was pathetic. And, and, you know, great players are going to get open, but I mean, the guy sat out a bunch and, and didn't even play late in the game. And he had 215 yards. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was just, uh, it was fun to watch. And I, and I know now that the, the big topic is, you know, where does this team rank all time? And how does this team compare to last year's LSU team? And I actually went and kind of looked player by player and, in the end, I think in Alabama's case, I think Smith's a better player than anyone had on LSU last year. But I think the receiving core as a whole for LSU was better, if that makes sense. I mean, they had three guys who were top 20 draft picks yeah. at wide receiver. Well, another uh, another one uh, who's going to go up, go there, too. Well, I'm, I'm counting him. Uh, I just assume he's going to be going to be a top 20 draft pick. I said 20 because I think that's where Justin Jefferson went, and he was the lowest drafted of the three. Uh, but I think... I think Waddle. Uh, I think all. I think the three receivers, Mechie included. I think all three of them will get drafted in the top twenty. So I, I don't think it's a, a. I don't think it's crazy. And and I and the craziest thing about all of this and and about uh, you know it's so it's really odd that Devontae Smith wins the Heisman and he's probably the second most talented receiver on his own team. I mean it. If if Waddle were healthy all year long, Waddle went into this season basically as the number one receiver. Uh, so it, I mean that just tells you the the the, the amount of talent this team has is just silly. Uh, they, they had they they won the award for best offensive line in the country. They won the award for best running back in the country. They won the award for best quarterback in the country. Uh, this is it's the best offense I've ever seen in my life. And metrically, it like the DVOA, which is basically it rates the efficiency of an offense. It says that this is the best offense ever. It's better than LSU's last year. That said, I, I, like I like I said yesterday, I don't know that you can call them apples to apples because LSU played a full season. And while you know, if if Bama had played a full season, it would have been USC and basically like three scrubby teams. It, it still would have been four extra games that they were required to play. But you heard Nick Saban say it in the beginning of this uh, of this show. They had to beat eleven SEC teams this year. They went eleven and zero in the SEC. No one else has done that ever. Uh, so, but, but I, you can make an argument for both teams. I firmly believe I, I would pick Alabama to win if the two teams played, mostly because I, I give Nick Saban a, an edge over Ed Orgeron. Uh, but I, I don't know that either team would ever punt. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that either our defense could stop these offenses. I mean, they're the, they're the two best offenses that we've seen in a long, long time. So uh, it, it's it's a great debate. And it's amazing that we're getting these, you know, back-to-back just super teams. Like, not just good, solid championship teams, like historically great teams. 
Yeah, and and a lot of what uh, you heard from Saban, I agree with. I mean, they they did have to do some things that that you know no teams had to do. They've had to deal with stops and starts from the Rona, uh, and including him having it. And and I think all of that adds up to yeah, you could put them in the conversation. The one thing, and it's not their fault, but the schedule LSU played last year significantly better than what Alabama had yeah. to face this year. And I think that's that's the tiebreaker for me. But I'd love to watch the game. Oh, for sure. And and, and it's also because they were both really dominant teams pretty much all season long. And, and you know, they, they both had one game that was kind of a close scare, but I don't really feel like they were ever going to lose the Florida game, just like I didn't feel like LSU was going to lose to Auburn last year. But overall, I mean, I thought uh, just, just an impressive performance and – I'm just glad that we uh, we managed to get a football season in, considering everything. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Break when we come back. Oh, your Texans! Oh, here they go again. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. I don't know how I could explain that in a cooler and more doper fashion. You are listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. 713-780-ESPN's your number. Houston Media Critic, no one cares about your betting from last night's game. Please get to the Texans. Dude, don't be no one cares, guy. Just You don't care. You get on Twitch, everybody's talking about their bets. People actually like to know what our bets were and whether we lost or won, and they love it when we lose. Well, I mean, we're talking about the game in general. Yes. I, I mean, it's just a, an odd thing to say no one cares about the college football national championship. Yeah. They only care about the 4-12 and 12 <laughs> local franchise. Very odd. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested in the Texans' talk today, too. It's just it's more the same. It's more ineptitude by this team, and now they've got more people calling it out. In fact, a guy that was on their search committee for the new GM and head coach is calling him out now for for the uh, for keeping Jack Easterby around. It's very wild. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, if you haven't seen it by now, Andre Johnson basically went scorched earth on um, Jesus Easterby, and yeah. uh, with, with his tweet. And and okay, so the the news today is they finally requested an interview with Eric B. Enemy, who they now can't talk to until the Chiefs lose. Uh, or right. or the after two days two days too late. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he also tweeted out, uh, Andre Johnson did, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers, no apostrophe, since Jack Easterby has walked into the building. Nothing good has happened in for the organization, and for some reason, someone can't seem to see what's going on. Pathetic, three exclamation points. Yeah. That's pretty is much this, scorched is this earth, good right? Good for the Texans? No, no. I mean, it's not like it, well, Andre doesn't usually go off on stuff like this. I mean, when, when was the last time that he made news for anything other than you know fighting Cortland Finnegan? 
Yeah. I mean, I was I was telling Josh the last two times Andre Johnson tweeted, and he's had a couple of of advertisement tweets. Like um, Crown Royal paid him some money to uh, to tweet from his account. So that, I, I won't count that. But it's <laughs> but like tweets that he's actually comp- you know composed and tweeted out there. The last one was April twenty fourth of twenty nineteen, and it said Dame Lillard. Man, that was crazy. The one before that was from November 23rd of 2018, and it was basically a condolence to the McNair family when Bob McNair died. So the guy does not speak very often. He does not post these these tweets very often. <laughs> it's obvious that this is uh this is pretty big, and for him to even say anything. So, I mean, what do you what do you think the fallout is here? Is is there any fallout? I mean, I still don't know what kind of fallout there will be because I, I, when you consider, you know, it, it, like at this point, the the only thing that can that, that could really happen to satisfy this bloodthirst is firing Jack Easterby. And do any of us think that that will happen, given the fact that the owner just gave him basically the power to choose the GM? It, it's I'm not saying it's impossible because they fired Bill O'Brien, and it was uh, and it was to me, un- unfathomable at the time. Like, I-, I couldn't believe that it could possibly happen when it did. So I, I won't say that it's impossible because we I didn't think that it was impossible they would trade DeAndre Hopkins, but they did it. So I, I won't put anything past this team, but it seems highly, highly unlikely, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I can't see it happening. I-, I-, I do think at some point maybe the guy needs to resign. Maybe, maybe he-, and he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would do that. But if it's if it's getting to the point where you know Andre Johnson is out here tweeting this stuff about you, then uh, then maybe maybe you you should do what's best for the organization and step aside. And you and you and Cal can still go hold hands in church whenever you want. You just don't have to be part of the organization. But you know they, that's I, I just think that the one thing that has been consistent during this whole crap show is Jesus Easterby. Yeah. So at some point, you've got to make, you know, you've got to do something about it. And if you leave the guy there, at least hopefully Casario's calling all the shots now. And, you know, maybe that's why they finally requested a uh, uh, an interview with, with the enemy. It's like, okay, I, I got I to gotta do this because, the, you know, the quarterback's a mess. We got to get this straightened out. So maybe that was his call. But I don't know why you didn't do it two days ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that would have been the right time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, does that solve anything to you, or does it just seem like putting lipstick on a pig, so to speak? It only it only solves something if they're serious about it. Yeah, and I don't think they are. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think you can tell by the fact that they're just now, you know, even asking for permission tells you they're not that serious about it. Yeah. And do I, we know? Do we know if he passed? No, I don't think we've we've heard. Okay, but. It is, you know, I, I, if I were him, I'd say, bleep you guys. I, I got no interest in this. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a bleep show right now. I, you know, I don't want my first job to be going in, go in and have a chaplain coaching my team for me and have my quarterback wanting out. You know, I, 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 there's no way if, if I'm him, I would take that job. But, you know, maybe, maybe things get cleaned up over the next couple of weeks and after the Super Bowl. 
They talk to him, and he, he changes his mind. So, but I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't take the job. I, I, if I were him, certainly not. If I'm anybody. If I'm anybody, I don't but want to. Someone will job. do it because it's a job. It's one of 32 jobs. Right. You know, somebody out there is going to say, man, I got it. I mean, when you, Caldwell, Lewis, these are guys who nobody else is knocking on their door. Those guys would take the job. But anybody else will. Anybody else is going to look at this job and look at it as not a very good one. And if this is your your first and you know your first impression to the NFL as a head coach, it's not a good place to go. I don't think. No, and yeah, they they still got the Watson mess to clean up, and and that and if if this is just pandering, then that's even worse. You say, oh, you know what? This is the guy he wanted. Let's request an interview, and then when he turns us down, we say, hey, he didn't want to come coach you. Yeah, yeah. So that's a. Uh, I mean, it's just typical Texans. And I don't know if you saw the thing that I guess Aaron Wilson said on his podcast that, that like, the enemy was not interviewing well and that he really didn't uh, um, really didn't do anything with the offense, and that's why the Texans weren't interested in him. I, I don't know what it says. I, 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 I mean, again, anything that you see from this team, don't you have to treat this organization unlike any other organization at this point? Mm, well, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Unlike any other organization, yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't, you can't expect that, like what we see from the Texans. And there was, I saw, I can't remember who was tweeting this out today. There was like a video clip of, you know, how other other officials in the in the NFL are looking at this, and how players and and coaches are looking at this and saying, "This is not how you run an NFL organization." And it's true, it is not the way you run an NFL organization. And it's just, it's it's comical, and it's pretty sad because. Even you know three four years ago, it didn't feel that way, did it? No. Like when when Brian Gain was the GM and Bill O'Brien was the head coach, Bob McNair was the owner. It felt like a, a normal, albeit average, NFL franchise. But fast forward to now, and it it just feels different. Like it's I, I don't even know how to put it. It's just it's it's just odd, is what it is. It's it's a really odd thing that this franchise has become what it has in the last four years. A, a laughing stock. Yeah, it, it is, and it's, uh, I mean, it's a, a comedy act. It's, it's funny because everybody was trying to compare the the characters to Game of Thrones characters, and I think they're missing the point. Basically, the Game of Thrones element to this is every time that there's a new king and you think, oh, it can't be, nobody can be worse than Joffrey. Uh, whoops, nobody can be worse than Cersei. <laughs> Whoops! Nobody can be worse than Daenerys. Well, we're on to Daenerys now. Yeah, that, that's where we are. So it, it just—it's—it's it's amazing to me that this thing just continues to to be a complete train wreck. And, and it's like you keep wrecking the train. I don't get how they're doing that either. All right, well, because yeah. they're not putting it back on the tracks; they're just hitting something, and then they're hitting something else. And it's fun to watch. It's a. Uh, and especially who would you rather coach, Eagles or Texans? I would rather have any other job right now, even the Lions, if I'm a head coach. I think so. I think so. Considering what you've... Because, and especially considering where Deshaun Watson is mentally right now. Because if, if for whatever reason, Deshaun Watson says, I, I, don't, I don't care who you hire as head coach, I want out of this place, and you have to trade him away, this becomes the worst organization in the NFL. Because yeah. without Deshaun Watson, it's the worst roster. And 
usually if you have the worst roster in the NFL, you've got high draft picks, you've got a ton of cap space. Texans have neither. This would this would be the worst possible place to be a coach or a GM for that matter if Deshaun Watson leaves. It, it goes below the Jets, the Jags. I don't care the Lions, the Bengals. This would be the worst place. Well, that's uh, it. I, I don't know that it's. I think they'll get it worked out with him. But if I not, like to think so. But you, I mean, who knows? They mm-hmm. they couldn't work it out with DeAndre Hopkins. They couldn't work it out with Dwayne Brown. I mean, this is not the. It's not the first example of a player who's who's had problems with uh, with ownership here, and I, I don't trust. I don't trust these guys to to do the right thing or the smart thing. Are we now one hundred percent convinced that Bill O'Brien was the problem? I mean, Bill O'Brien was, was certainly part of the problem. He was a problem, but he was not. He was not the end all be all problem, and that's something I think. I mean, was pretty apparent the day that Bill O'Brien was fired. It, it became pretty apparent because the the fact that Jack Easterby is like who Bill O'Brien brought into this organization, by the way, is suddenly like deflecting all of Bill O'Brien's or all of his stuff onto Bill O'Brien's dead body. And I mean, and now he's got he's basically got all the pull. It's 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 very problematic. All right, tell the people about uh, TGS. Yeah, listen, man. If you uh, if you own a home, you have homeowners insurance. You, you don't want to pay too much for it. Why? Why would you want to pay too much for it? Something you, you rarely use. You can't tangibly touch it. It's just uh, it's just something you've got to pay for every month. And if you're overpaying, some you, a lot of people don't even know it. I certainly didn't know it. I found out that I was paying over a thousand dollars a year too much. And I uh, I said, you know what? Well, I could use that thousand dollars for something else. So I. Texted the word money to twenty three twenty three twenty three. TGS asked for my address. They already they've already price shopped every house in the area. They sent me a firm quote with excellent coverage in fifteen seconds, and I started saving money right away because they took care of the back end. They got me out of my old policy, refunded on that because that's what your old policy has to do: refund your money, and got me saving money right away. Guy in my office saving twenty six hundred dollars a month. It's so simple, or twenty six hundred dollars a year. It's so simple. It's easy for anyone to do. All you got to do is send a text. Text the word money to 233223 23 for TGS insurance. You're listening to ESPN 975. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. is the blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5 live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman and we are back on the blitz happy Tuesday everybody hope you are having a great one a little college basketball or college football last night we had a little Texans going crazy again and uh man I, I this I, we had some college basketball too. Yeah, Prairie View A and M establishing themselves as the team to beat in the SWAC. I thought was very profitable. Uh, okay, well that's that's good to know. <laughs> that is good to know. But uh, yeah, it, it really is. It's so amazing to me how fast this organization has become. The Lions, 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what they are now. It is it, it, It's the, the franchise that can't do anything. And Well, it, and let's discuss, like, what would it take now to undo this? Like, what would it take to fix it where we think, okay, the franchise is going in the right direction? Well, you, you've got to lop off the snake. The, the last of the the last of that uh, axis of evil, Jesus Jack. He's got to okay. go. He's got to go, and then Casario has to be the right guy for the job. And and, and maybe he is, but because uh, I think if he is, then he'll reach out. He'll smooth things over with the players, with Deshaun. He'll get he'll interview coaches that they would be interested in, and and he'll move forward that way. But if you don't, if you leave this guy. Now, here's the other thing. Wasn't Deshaun the one that got pissy with the fan who had the Charleston yeah. sign? So, I mean, which is it, Deshaun? I mean, maybe, maybe he's found something out in recent weeks. Maybe so. Um, but I, I think that that's the weird part. And I, I just think you have, to, you have to move on from the guy. Because if you're having this kind of stuff coming from Andre Johnson, we've all been hearing the same things from the locker room. We've had there's been stories come out on it, and to not have it be addressed even is bizarre to me. The fact that when when they get asked about it, they totally change the subject, and you know somebody needs to address it and say, "Well, you know, uh, I I don't believe any of the stuff in that story." At least say that, but they don't. So I I don't know what to I don't know what to make of it. I think that that's a uh, I think that's something that you could actually uh, – that would take you in the right direction at least, get rid of this guy. If nothing else, for PR purposes. Yeah. Uh, just for how it looks when Andre Johnson's out there doing this, for how it looks to your fan base, which, you know, if to, for how it looks to your players. And, and I'll be totally honest. I, I think the move at this point – and I know this isn't standard. I know, I know it's not standard for players to have – personnel input like you know on on management personnel it, it doesn't it it's sort of backwards thinking I totally get that and in normal circumstances I would say it's a bad call but I if I'm Cal McNair I, I, I sit down with, with with Deshaun and I see exactly what his pulse is right now and I mean obviously Nick Casario is not someone you can fire now he, he just signed a contract for what, yeah, what, six, six years, years. My I mean goodness. You're, you're he's your guy now but if if the problem if if it if you're Cal McNair and you have to choose between your franchise retaining Jack Easterby or retaining Deshaun Watson, it seems like the easiest decision in the world, doesn't it? And maybe that's the the ultimatum that Deshaun has to give. Well, and and I mean that's not a choice. There is no choice in that situation. You're you're going to get rid of a meaningless front office guy, yeah. and you're not going to think twice about it. And that may not be that may not be enough at this point, and and I think only Deshaun can answer that. But uh, I I do think that you know, I said I said as I said yesterday, I think they'll get that squared away. But it, it may be that you have to make move on from from Easterby right now. And I I would have gotten rid of him at the during the season, frankly, once all that stuff started coming out. But I don't own the team. Cal yeah. does. And if if indeed you had to, uh, you needed the guy to to kind of you know r- run the rudderless ship while like after you fired O'Brien, okay, the, that time has passed now. You've got a full time GM now, uh, and it's it, it's just a 
I mean, sometimes it's hard to do, and especially if Cal McNair has a personal uh, relationship with a dude and thinks he's a great guy. Sometimes it's hard to let go of those guys, but when you've got a cancer in your organization, no matter what the organization, this goes for any business, if there's a cancer in your organization, the best thing you can do is just cut it out. And no matter even if you, even if you like the guy personally, if if he is uh, if he is a poison, then to to what your goal is as the owner or the manager or whatever it is, then you cut that poison out. And that, that's it's, it's not always easy, and it's it's it ruffles feathers, but and maybe it ruins his personal relationship with the guy. But at some point, you got to do what you got to do. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe you can you know. You can still be friends. Some breakups are okay. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll uh, you know what this reminds me of, and this is going to be before your time, so this is going to make me sound old, but we all know I am, so I don't really care. When the Oilers finally fired Jerry Glanville and the, the going away uh, press conference was basically Bud Adams saying how much he loved Jerry and they'd always be friends and he gave him a big hug and uh, just said, oh, we got to go in a different direction. It's it's kind of what it's time for. It's it's, yeah. it's time for Cal to give him a hug and say we got to go in a different direction. Or as Cal was saying, go in a different direction. <laughs> we have to go in a different direction. Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it's time, and uh, and and then turn it over to Casario. This is the guy you've entrusted, uh, for better or worse. This this yeah. is the guy you're married to. So. Um, let him make these make these calls. That's what you have a GM for, and hopefully he makes the right coaching call. Hopefully he makes the right moves to improve this roster in the off season so that they can, you know, start getting back to being adequate. Uh, I mean that's what you hired him for. So, yeah, but but you also at some point, I I know the problem is that everybody just keeps loving on this team and, and they keep buying their stuff and they keep. You know, not this year, but they keep filling the stands and they keep the 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 whole thing going with with the the waiting list. We keep hearing about the whole waiting list. At some point, that's got to stop because otherwise, you know, you, you are going to chase people off at some point. And I think trading Deshaun would be kind of the final straw because I, I feel like I feel like things flipped with the Hopkins trade. I feel like uh, you know Toro Tommy and people like that started saying. Eh, you know, <laughs> what, what am I paying for? Yeah. You eventually start to, to ask yourself. And, and I've had a lot of friends who, who have been there from the beginning. You've had season tickets who travel with the team. They're, they're traveling Texans folks who, you know, they didn't do it this year because of the Rona, but I think they weren't going to do it anyway. After the Hopkins trade, I think they already were going to give up their tickets. And now, you know, looking ahead, what, what has happened that makes you want to go buy them back? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a good decision now to say, all right, you know what? Eh. Well, then, Cal, break. At, at some point next year when fans are back in the stands and they're not, and Cal's looking at that, and, and Hannah's sleeping because they're down 30 points, uh, maybe he'll go, oh, maybe I made a mistake. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Perhaps I have made a mistake, and I want to rectify it as rapidly, rapidly as possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, and somebody says, "You sounds like you guys are saying the Texans should bow down to Watson. Isn't that the problem with the Rockets and Harden now? Everyone did what he said. It, it, it's two totally different situations, and it's oversimplifying to say, oh, that's what the Rockets did with Harden.' It, well, here's the thing about Harden: like 
Harden has, for a long, long time, gotten everything built his way. They literally let him pick his teammates for years and years, pick his coach, and it didn't work. So it, it, he shouldn't have the, the clout that, uh, that he thinks he should have. So I, I I don't think it's the same thing. No. Yeah, it's 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 not even the same ballpark. And, and, and Deshaun's proven. I mean, Deshaun has no track record of being a pain in the ass. James Harden's entire track record is being a pain in the ass. Like Deshaun Watson is a, a, a by all accounts. I mean, he's a consummate professional. He is the guy that you want. Like he's the kind of guy you want to be your quarterback because he's 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 a football guy. That's what he cares about. I, 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 it doesn't feel the same to me at all. No, and again, they lied to him. Yep, they're they're the ones who he. Uh, uh, and if they had never said anything, if they had never said, "Hey, we want your input," I don't think it would even have gotten to this. Like the the problem was, they just they they said, "We want your input, we value your input," and then they ignored his input. <laughs> all right, I uh, pulling my hair out here because Aaron was uh, misleading me on something. Ah, uh, and uh, what. What I, the reason I didn't wear my hat this segment so I could show off the hair from Dr. Linville. And, uh, guys, if you're going bald and you, you, you decided it's time to do something, then go see Dr. Linville. I, I was at that point. I was about to just shave it. And uh, I went, and I was like, okay, uh, tell me what this is about because I'd already talked to a couple other people, and it just sounded kind of cheesy, and I didn't want to do it. And he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm going to take the hair off the back of your head, your own hair, and I'm just going to put it where it's not. It's that simple. And so we moved 2,451 hair follicles from the back of my head to where there was no hair. And guess what? Over a year later, I've let it grow out, and I've got a full head of hair again. And you can see it right there on the Twitch channel. All you got to do is go look. And it, it's, it was really cool because when I, I sat down to talk with him, I was looking at his hair, and he goes, yeah, you, you like my hair? And I go, yeah, your hair looks great. He goes, yeah, because I had it done too. And if you're, especially if you're a younger, man, get it done now. Go to 975hair.com, set up your consultation, free for ESPN listeners, 975hair.com. Hear what, he, hear what the man has to say. Get your hair back. 975hair.com. Make my bed. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. Somebody says, been on the season ticket wait list for seven years. Finally came up this year and I was passed because of the Hopkins deal and the direction I thought the team was going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't blame you right, right now. I, uh, you know, I don't know. The, uh, Chan Spring says, Fred, I sent you comments months ago about Cal being a doofus at the time you ignored them, likely out of respect for his dad. Glad everyone is finally seeing that he's a complete goof. I've, I don't know if I even saw him to be honest with you, but, um, I've never, I, I have a lot of respect for his parents and I've only met him twice and I wasn't impressed either time because he didn't really talk. He just kind of stood there and looked goofy. Yeah. And so I had my suspicions, but I didn't, I mean, it's hard to judge somebody when they don't really talk. And like I had a very, uh, I had a, well, kind of a tense meeting with him and his dad when I was 
uh, editor, and, and we ran something that I didn't think we should have run. And he was upset about it. And we talked through it. And basically, Cal just sat there and scowled the whole time. He never participated. He never jumped in. And, you know, we, and we worked things out, and it was great. Uh, but, yeah, I just left going, what, what was he doing here? He's just like a piece of furniture. Dad's mad. I'm going to glare at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. <laughs> My daddy's going to kick your ass. It's like a, do- when a dog knows that their master doesn't like somebody and just growls at them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And then by the end, he, that big, goofy cow smile with a standalone mustache. Yeah. So, you know, so I don't know, but I, I have no idea. Sorry, Chad. I don't remember you sending anything. But that's uh, that's life. And you know who it's what's interesting to me? How quiet JJ's sort of been in this. Yeah. Don't you? I, I mean, I think he's too he's smart. The, I mean, he could literally be the straw that breaks the back. I, I mean, because essentially at that point, the Mount Rushmore of Texans greats, JJ, uh, Andre Johnson, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, the four the four best players that have ever played for this franchise would have all come out and said something. That's that's too much. It's too much. Yeah, but you know, the bottom line is and this is the one thing that you know, fans in, in other cities have gotten this a lot with ownership. In the end it comes down whatever the owner wants or whatever the owner thinks, that's all that really matters. And the the fans don't really have a say, yeah. And and basically, what you've got is a, a goofball who thinks everything's fine. And I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know what the Twitter machine is. AJ, yeah, I'm so. probably not. <laughs> so what did Andre say on the television? Is that uh, is he upset? Ooh, too bad. We gave him too many contracts. Uh, yeah. I love it. So um. Did you see this thing that uh, Craig Larson sent us just now? No. That uh, there there are people that believe that Texas might actually look at legal sports betting in 2021. Oh. Well, because well, that, we that's... Should, you know, let's talk mo- about that at 5 o'clock. That way I've got time to read the article during one of these breaks. Yeah, so. uh, just it's it's worth taking a look at, but... Uh, um, Obviously, legislation legislator will legislature will be in session in odd numbered years. So I, I've all along thought twenty twenty three, but yeah, take a look on the next break and, and read it, and we'll uh, we shall discuss the. Uh, uh, t- did you see Scott Van Pelt go after Dan Wolken? No. Oh, this is this is great because um, I've I've been fed up with these USA Today idiots for months now. <laughs> Uh, whether it's, I like, I like SVP too. Uh, and I like, yeah, I mean, it, I'm pretty much going to side with him on most things. And so Dan Wolken, USA today, one of the many, uh, anti sports guys who write sports, uh, tweeted at, he quote tweeted something that Ross Dellinger said, basically saying, uh, you know, college football's reached the finish line and all this says, how many sec football players and coaches ended up getting COVID? Not sure how you just skipped that piece before patting yourself on the back for how the season went. That was Wilkins' tweet. Um, Scott Van Pelt replied, I didn't play for an SEC football team. I wear masks. I don't go out into crowded places. I followed suggested protocols. 
I ended up getting it. Crazy, right? Right. <laughs> like somehow that that's the crazy thing about these people who are like they shouldn't be playing, they shouldn't be playing these games because you know, they're putting these kids at risk. Like somehow if they weren't playing football or weren't playing basketball that they would be like that now they would not be at risk. Like that's their job is that's what's putting them at risk. It's a very very strange belief. Yeah, if we weren't doing radio shows, guess what? We'd still be living in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's it, uh, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I, I don't get in. Of course, this is the same. I don't know if you remember this, but Christine Brennan, who I think is the worst, and I'm, I'm, I, Josh, I actually hear him talk about her. I think he's the only other person that reads her besides me because she pisses, pisses us both off. But when the Big Ten changed its mind and decided to play football in September, um, she wrote a story that said the decision marked the darkest day in the conference's history. That's it. Darker than Jerry Sandusky. That's right. Yeah. Hey, man. F*** that. So, nice job, Dan Wolken. I, listen, I think uh, all, a, all along, this, if, if you said at the beginning of the season that the, the whole thing would get played and, you know, no kids died, like – that's a pretty. That's a win, right? We played a national championship game. I, I, I don't see how you can be upset with the way college football handled things. Mm. I, I, it seems like, you know, a lot of teams. Oh, we can't play this week. Okay, there's no game. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. And it wasn't. There wasn't like this crazy amount of judgment on you if you couldn't somehow play a game. It's not like you're like, oh god. They're ruining everything. It's just that that's what it was this year, and, and you knew all along. And it's the same thing happening with college basketball right now. Every night, I'm I'm up handicapping these games, and by the time the you know by the time the the, the morning hits, you know there's two or three games every day that have been postponed, yeah. and that's just life. And it's you know it, 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 it you'll see a, a program every once in a while say, okay, we're shutting down our program. We're having some COVID issues. They shut it down until they get their COVID issues uh, in order, and then they start playing ball again. Because th- th- what else are you going to do? It- it- it's not like these basketball players or football players, if they were just students going to campus and learning, that they wouldn't somehow be exposed to COVID. That they- would just be that's that's the that's the world we're living in right now. So I-, I think anybody who's saying they shouldn't be playing football, they shouldn't be playing basketball, it's silly. Can I just say that? Here- here's the other thing about this. And this is this is for those people who say, oh, they shouldn't play. I I think that some of the precautions they're taking are way more than anything the average person's doing. Oh, yeah. These guys are getting tested every week and things like that. Do you know anybody else who's getting tested every week? No. Nope. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, someone who's got symptoms getting tested. I'm talking about, like, you, you're showing no symptoms. Well, doesn't matter. you got to get tested to play anyway. Not only that, if you come down positive, guess what? Your athletic department is footing the bill for all your doctor care. If you're at home, if they weren't doing this season and you got tested, it's going on somebody's insurance, whether it's your parents yep. or you're paying for it out of pocket later down the line. I mean, the schools are paying for you to get treatment and get tested. And, you know, and again, with the, with the protocols that they're taking, there are a lot. I mean, and listen, we're, we all have to do certain protocols with stuff. But they have an advantage in that they can get tested every week, and they are tested every week, and then they just shut it down if you have to. And, yes, as a UH fan, was it fun to see them cancel 95% of their games this year? No, but it, you know what? They got a few games in, and the the basketball team had to shut down for, for a week and a half because almost everybody got it. And then guess what? They're back to playing. 
And, and I, I just think that, uh, you know, I, look, man, we could use, and not just for our jobs, but we could use sports. We really do. I mean, it was fun watching the, the it's fun arguing over the college football playoff and who was supposed to be in and who wasn't. And it was fun watching, well, most of the games weren't fun because they none of them were close, but it, it was cool to have it. And we had a season. And, you know, a lot of these kids got a chance to play for the last time. So I don't, I don't get the whole mindset of, oh, this is, what about those kids who got COVID? Yeah, you know what? They might not have ever known either. It might have been just like me, where you get it and you have no clue if they weren't being tested by their schools. And, and maybe it would have gotten spread. So I, I, I have no problem whatsoever. So, so he said, I work in the medical field and I'm in the army reserves and I've been tested once this summer. Those kids are better off than me. And, and that's why, guess what? When you test people every week, you're going to get positive tests. It's going to happen. All right. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. And you know what? All those guys had the option to opt out and a lot of them did. Yep. So, all right. Is that already an hour? That's already an hour. Wow! Right. I'll read this story on the uh, during the break, and we'll uh, we'll get into it. Sounds good. All right, it is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Years of research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now!